Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. We're going to go farther today and I want to quickly say that there are a lot of things that I taught in the church at Abuja. I've, I've taught twice this month already in Abuja on the subject of love and relationships and God's perspective to it. So there are quite a, a lot of things that I said in those sermons that I will not be able to repeat. I'm going to do my best to make sure my teaching today will cover a good amount of those things, but you will still have to go and listen to them for yourself. Praise the Lord. That's very important. But I want to remind you that the teachings of love and relationship are part of the prophecy of order for the year 2019, and so you must recognize Recognize the prophetic aspect of all the teachings we are doing. There is a prophetic aspect. That by the wisdom of God and by creative power, we are going to bring order to our romantic relationships and our marriages. Can you say a loud amen? Amen. So you are going to function with such discernment to know if you ought to continue that relationship or if you ought to bring an end to it. You're going to function with discernment. That's also a very powerful prayer. Say loud amen. Amen. There are some relationships that must break this year. Say loud amen. Amen. And then by divine wisdom, especially if you're already married, you're going to learn how to function how Christ will have you function, and that's so important. You see, anyway, let me not get ahead of myself. So because I have a lot to cover, I'm going to go right into the teaching. There are three cardinal factors in every successful relationship. Three cardinal factors in every successful relationship. The first is Romance. The first is what? The second is duty. And the third is purpose. Romance, duty, and purpose. Three cardinal factors in every successful romantic relationship. And I'm just going to start very quickly with the first one, which is romance. This is the most basic level of every relationship. The most basic level of every relationship. So, you are a child, you grow to a certain point, and you begin to discover changes in your body frame. So, some parts of your body become developed. There's a a name for it. It's called 
puberty, right? And what that means is you are ready, in simple terms, for sex. From that point onward, if you do what you're not meant to do before it is time, there will be fruits. Do you understand what I'm saying? You'll be fruitful and you multiply. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, I want you to understand that at the basic level, the desire to be in a relationship is a simple animal activity. Now, that might be weird to a lot of you, but it's true. Nobody needs to teach you about love for you to get to a point in your life where you desire to be with someone of the opposite sex. No one. When Adam saw Eve for the first time, he had never seen anything like her. But he liked what he saw. Because there is something wired into you that makes you respond in a certain way when you see someone of the opposite sex. And that's just at the basic level. Let me show you something. A lot of people fail to realize this. But turn your Bibles, the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. You know in verse 28, after God had made man, the Bible says in his own image, the Bible says in verse 28, Genesis 1, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So God blessed them. God did what? But look at verse 21. It says, And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters, which the waters brought forth abundantly and after their kind, and every winged fowl, of, fowl after his kind, and God saw that it, it was good. Verse 22. Everybody read together, one, two, go. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the fowl multiply the earth. So you see that the blessing to be fruitful and to multiply was not exclusive to human beings. It's an animal activity. Scientists will tell you that we are higher animals and there are contexts in which I don't, honest, I don't agree with them you know, when they take it to the evolution side. But the desire to love and to be loved is an animal activity. Praise the Lord. You say, my own is different. And I say, how? You say, animals, you know, are not responsible. It will shock you, <laughs> and sadly so, that a lot of animals are more responsible than human beings. 
a lot of animals show greater parental concern for their young than human beings. Yes or yes? A lot of animals are more faithful in relationship than human beings. If you've studied about doves, doves are monogamists, meaning they have only one sex partner. In fact, there are species of doves that when that sex partner dies, they don't mate with any other person till they die. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's interesting, isn't it? And that's why in many marriages you see doves as the symbol of love, you understand, and they just put it on cakes, put it everywhere. They know how to look after their young ones. They know how to provide for them. They know how to protect them. These are things that not many children can boast of. It's a sad reality. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. I just wanted to highlight to you how basic love is. It's so basic that you see it in the animal world. Non-Christians are allowed to get married, and they do get married. Isn't that true? So that means that marriage is not a revelation in Christ. Marriage at a basic level is not a revelation in Christ. Earthly marriage is not a revelation in Christ. A lot of unbelievers have good homes. Are you aware? Because there is something instinctive about you that makes you want to do the right thing in marriage. When we are all thinking straight, which is not very often these days, we know what to do. Except for the interference of satanic culture, a normal man knows that a woman should be protected. These are things that you see some guys, they play with ladies and they're just rough handling and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Hallelujah. There is a level of exposure, quote and unquote, that you should never have. Praise the Lord. There are men who beat women, like beats, punch. Hallelujah. And that's terrible, okay? Praise the Lord. So non-Christians get married. And so, romance is love at its basic form. Love at its basic form. You say, I see the lady and my whole body begins to vibrate with electricity. Well, animals have that same response. Praise the Lord. So that's so basic. You have to 
do better than that. There is more to love than how you feel. Please, are you paying attention to what I'm saying? There's more to love than that. Animals feel that. But also, as basic as it is, every other activity in a love relationship will not be complete without it. You see, a lot of Christians have the tendency to be extreme. And it's because they've not been properly taught. As basic as romance is, it's so important. Praise the Lord. I want to ask for your permission to speak freely. Can I speak freely? Can I speak freely? Listen. Now pay attention. Look at how marriage started. God brought Eve to Adam. And when he saw her, there was no tongue speaking. She didn't have a job. There was nothing. She had not done anything in her life for him to say, ah, you know, we t-. his response was absolutely natural and sensual. Amen? Amen. He saw her without her clothes and he went, wow! <laughs> Say, ha, bone of my bone. <laughs> flesh of my flesh. You see, a lot of us are too <laughs> superhuman that we neglect that important aspect. I mean, that right there is how marriage started. I mean, his first response was, ah! And it was not like, ah, you can pray. Uh, no. <laughs> That's not what it was about. Hallelujah. So there is more to marriage than that sensual response, but the sensual response is necessary. A lot of people don't understand. Listen, women of God, men are designed to respond to what they see. That's how they're wired. That's how they're wired. And you see, because men are visually stimulated, it's so powerful that when you are married to a man, it is your ministry <laughs> to keep him. Don't just... <laughs> don't leave things to chance. A lot of Christian sisters leave things to chance too much. And you cannot afford to do that. Okay? Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. No matter the anointing on a man's life, if he is vulnerable, he's in a dangerous place. It doesn't matter the grace. <laughs> the only thing he can do is to run away. And what if he's in a situation where he cannot run? 
You know how tough the economy is. So eventually, he gets a job to be the special assistant to a woman who is single and is not really into your church stuff. And they work together many hours of the day, of every day. Huh. Listen, a lot of people don't talk about these things. You have work to do. Praise the Lord. And it is one, especially when you have a man who has a very special purpose, maybe like a man of God. It's your ministry to keep him. Amen? And don't ask me how. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I will just say this in parables. <laughs> it's okay to laugh, but just make sure you are listening. All right? No matter how much appetite you have for food, if you are full, you will not eat. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. All right. But pay attention. Can I tell you something? One of a man's greatest defense against temptation is to be satisfied. That's his greatest defense. His greatest defense. His greatest defense. His greatest defense. And so, you, of course, I'm coming to the guys, but you as a lady, you have to understand it. I know you expect him to be faithful and he must, and make no mistake, there is no excuse. For a man who chooses not to be faithful, okay? No excuse. He's responsible. But there is something you can do to help. Praise the Lord. Christian sister, try. Tweak things a little. Eh? When you are out, let your moderation be known to all men. But in your house... <laughs> you have to... <laughs> You have to learn how to handle a man. <laughs> Listen, what I'm saying is important. Eh? You have to learn how to handle a man. Be transparent. You know what I'm we, we <laughs> I'm quoting what I'm saying because some people are still under 18. Learn it. Can I tell you something? Men go through, we might not talk about it often, but we go through a tremendous amount of temptation every day. On his dead. Praise the Lord. A tremendous amount of temptation. And the only defense is to run. 
And so he's running all his life. A man will run all his life. He's driving, and then he sees something. He will carry his eye, you know, as a man of God, now speaking tongues, Marobosh. You know? But the most important thing is, when he comes back home from work by 4 p.m., you are not still wearing your nightgown, and you've had your shower. And these are things that peop, people don't usually say. Eh? You are not his mother. You are his wife, his babe. Praise the Lord. And so, what all these people that are called slave queens do is an ungodly expression of your godly ministry. You have to understand it. They, they, they work hard to take your man. Eh? They are working hard. And yes, thank God for the grace of God. Thank God for the ability to overcome temptations. For you to, do you understand? Try small. Praise the name of the Lord. Try. Because as basic as this aspect is, <laughs> it is the basic aspect of marriage that has destroyed many marriages. She makes sense in every other aspect. You know, a lot of Christian brothers, they choose wives as if they want to start a ministry. <laughs> you know, she's prayerful. Is it church has started? Can I talk to you? All right. It's not a church you are starting. Lady, don't marry a guy because he's prayerful. Because he's, even because he's spiritual. He might be a good leader in the body of Christ and not know the one, two, three of romantic relationships. So you look out for Romance and duty first. Okay, yeah, of course. I'm not going to even get attracted to someone who is not a believer. All right. But before, if I'm going to choose who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, his prayerful should not be number one. Am I surprising you? If he's prayerful, form a prayer group. Be praying in church. You don't need to be married to benefit from his prayer ministry. You know, am I talking to you? Uh-huh. That's not what we are talking about. Uh-huh. So, so you, 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 you have some work to do in that regard. Praise the name of Jesus. If there are... Let me leave that. Because of time, if, I, if there's enough time, I'll come back to this. Let's go to duty. The next step in romantic relationships will be to understand duty. And that means you have to know roles in relationships. What is my role 
How am I meant to function? What is my duty? Listen, if you get romance right and you miss duty, you cease to be romantic. No matter how many petals you throw on the floor, if you don't get duty right, you cease to be romantic. Four steps. Okay, let's, let's just talk about the Bible standard concerning roles and then we'll buttress this point more. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, of course. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. From verse 22. Everybody read Ephesians 5.22 together. One, two, go. All right, it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. So, wives, biblically speaking, and even culturally, we'll talk about that another day, are meant to submit. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife. This is not a superiority complex. It's a thing about role. In every team, there, there should be a leader. And so, the husband is the leader of the home. That's a role. And he has to understand that role. And you have to understand that role too. If you miss out duty, you compromise your role. And he begins to feel like you are not submissive, then you don't love him. Because men spell love this way. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> That's the spelling of love. A lady who is rude and who nags will depreciate in beauty before the, before the man. You cease to be Beautiful. He will no longer respond. No matter the makeup, the hair, no matter, no matter what. It's a, it's a heavy tunnel. Praise the Lord. And then he says, look at Ephesians chapter 5 again. In verse 25, it says, Husbands, Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So now this is also a role. Praise the Lord. And you know, when a lot of people hear love, they think about the wrong things. They think about romance, which is also involved, but is deeper. Praise the Lord. When you're talking about love, especially biblical love, I mean, he likened it to the love that Christ had for the church. So you are talking about sacrifice. You know, your ability to care for someone besides yourself. A lot of men are incredibly selfish. Do you know how to care? A lot of men don't know how to care. Let's call a spade a spade. I, I mean, you know, 
I mean, I'm good in school. I have good grades. What's the next thing in my life? The next achievement in my life? Okay, I'm going for master's. I ace that also. What's the next thing in my life? I'm going to get a job. You know, I ace that also. I have a good job, good car, good house. What is missing? Wife. And so, you use your money to buy one. Am I talking or not? That's what happens to a lot of people. You know, we don't really care about how you treat me or how I treat you. You have money, let's go. And so there is that undertone of selfishness. Of course, the guy knows what you're after. So don't complain. <laughs> I'm making it rain financially. Don't start asking, what do you mean I did not call you since morning? What is <laughs> since when? Can't you see I was busy? You don't understand what it means to leave a wife with children at home from morning till night and not check on them. You don't know. Animals know that. It's true. Like we said, they know how to protect their young. Praise the Lord. So when you want to pick houses, the lady is concerned about, okay, is this house close to a spa? Is it close to where I can buy pizza? Is it close to my friend? You are looking for other things because you are the head of that home. You are the protector, the provider. So you are thinking, okay, what is the nearest police station to this place? What is the security history of this place? If someone tries to come in, what are my lines of defense? What are the things that are going to hinder him from coming in? If he enters eventually, how will I break his head? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Someone says, it's not my portion. Why do you lock your house? It's not your portion. Open the door. It's just common sense to know that, especially in an economy like ours, where a lot of people are not catered for by the government, they're going to come for you. It's not a prayer point. Paul was, he said, he went through perils of robbers. Are you aware? Or which robber do you think he was talking about? That they just came and they were massaging his arm. Arm robber, eh? I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. Now, let me tell you this. And you will be very grateful I'm telling you this. Duty is the reason why a lot of ladies see good guys and refuse to date them. Because you can be a good guy, very nice, and not understand duty. Because if she's meant to be able to submit to you, and the Bible is so right. It says, men, 
should love their wives because men are the ones that are less likely to be affectionate. Ladies are just affectionate, so affectionate sometimes they are not logical. We are the ones that are, you know, very... When a lady is telling you and complaining, you know, about her day, you, psychologically as a guy, you're thinking of how to solve it. And if you're not careful, if you solve all the problems, she'll be angry with you. Because she was not telling you so that you just saw me. She just, sorry, my dear. Uh -uh. You mean you went through all this? I'm so sorry, sorry, sorry. That's what she wants. If you just say, oh, you had this problem, you should have done this, do this, do this, do this, do this. You will come across as insensitive. To say, ah, ah. You mean it. Ah. Praise the Lord. Men are very straightforward. You don't come to the room, see the man sitting all by himself and say, what's, your, what's on your mind? You say nothing. And most of the times it's correct. Praise the Lord. But a lady wants to see duty. She wants to be a woman around you. And that means you have to be a man. And men, these days, don't know what that means. They want someone who is assertive, who has a sense of direction, who is comfortable in his own skin, confident. Praise the Lord. You have to, hey, you have to understand the relationship between submission and love. I must love my wife in a way that makes her comfortable to submit to me. I must not jeopardize her willingness to submit to me by my love for her. This is what I mean. Oh my God. Now you are a guy. You like a lady. And the way you go about that love is creepy. You see? <laughs> Her book falls. <laughs> and, and she's now like, ah, I will baby this one. <laughs> you know what gets their attention? They want to see a man. Let me tell you this. And that's why when you're trying to get close to a lady, subconsciously, they begin to test you. It's not as if they're testing you just to be difficult. They just want to be sure that you know what you're doing. So, and let me tell you this. When a lady tests you, if you don't pass the test, you won't date her. And if you, sorry, excuse me. When a lady is testing you, if you fail the test, you won't date her. And if you pass the test, you won't date her. This is what I mean. <laughs> this is what I mean. So she knows you like her, and then she begins to ask for, ask for favors. <laughs> I hope I can talk about these things. Yeah, of course I am. I'm just asking you to be polite. We'll talk this thing today. <laughs> and she's like, Jerry, uh, uh, where are you now? You say, I'm at Aja. Okay. My things are at Abiyakuta. Wait now. Can you help me carry them? He said, okay. 
and then you are so in love, you trek. <laughs> wait, wait now. <laughs> wait. <laughs> so you trek. Now, when she has needs, if you don't show care, you have failed. But if you pass all the tests, you have also failed. Because she's looking for a man who has a mind of his own. Who is not afraid to say, no, I can't do that now. Am I saying the truth or not? <laughs> because if you are all up and down, you're all, oh, okay. <laughs> you say, you say, Jerry, yeah. can you? you say, how high? <laughs> Just tell me how. Should I jump from Ojeleba Bridge or from the table? Praise the Lord. So now, you, you just want to show her that you love her and you, you will cross the ocean for her. And that's going to be a big mistake. Because she's looking for someone to cross the ocean with. Not someone to cross the ocean. She, she's looking for a leader. So you have to have a sense of direction for yourself to say, okay, this is, oh, I'm sorry. My day is planned. What do we do now? And then sometimes, <laughs> hey, my God, please, oh. I'm a man of God, oh, but these things will help you. Sometimes, on purpose, just say, okay, I will do it if you will sing for me when I'm done. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Okay, you have a, an issue with the plumbing in your house. You want me to come and fix it? Okay, I'll fix it if you will make me noodles when I'm done. Is is she won't mind first of all, but it also helps you come across as someone who is not just yes, yes, ma. What should I do next? Okay, <laughs> should I dig the ground? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you say, why am I teaching this? Well, the word of God tells you that the woman should submit to you. And that means you have to be a leader. You don't take a woman out on a date and you now ask her, okay, what do we do now? You have lost. <laughs> Sorry, let me just know if I'm making sense. Ladies, am I talking? Yeah. <laughs> you don't say, okay, so what would you like to do? You have to plan. Listen. Oh my God. They might say you are not romantic, but what they are actually saying is you are not a good leader. You should have thought about it from home. Don't take me. Don't say, ah, so what would you like to do? What do you mean? Even in the minutest things. Listen. Let me tell you why many women nag in marriage. Because the man, he refuses to lead 
So when a woman continues to take initiative for herself, for the family, she will fight. She's the one who will look for school for the children. She's the one who, you, you, you don't really care, can I tell you? <laughs> you don't really care how the house is clean. You don't really, you don't know how all those things happen. She will begin to react. Because as the leader, in fact, you should be forward thinking about it. Praise the Lord. Okay, you walk, I walk. What is the miracle behind this house being clean? Don't now be insensitive to say, ah, ah, why is this house dirty like this? You will have problems. Praise the Lord. So if you can afford a nanny, maybe to look after the children, when you make her work easier, you will have a good home. You think for her. Think for her. You have to be ready to lead. Praise the name of the Lord. The moment we got someone to help with the cleaning of the house, misunderstand, we know my wife and I will never quarrel, never. We just have intense conversations. Heated conversations, like, you know. Quarrel, me? No. Never. <laughs> you know, but the moment we got someone to clean the house, 20% of those intense conversations disappeared. Praise the Lord. So you have to <laughs> be willing to take initiative, be willing to be a provider, be willing to protect. Hallelujah. You have to be dependable as a man. Be proactive as a man. Just get it done. Just get it done. We understand, all right, that you are having some struggles financially. But show efforts. You don't have a job. You know, you are just at home. You know, and as a man of God, you are praying seven hours daily. Pacing the floor. Marabosh. Yeah. Your wife goes to work in the morning, comes back, meets you, you're praying. <laughs> you know? And then she begins to react. And you say she's not submissive. Ah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Show some effort. When my dad had serious financial issues around 2002, 2003. It was heavy. But I saw real effort. I saw real effort. I, I've seen all sides of life. <laughs> I grew up maybe with a golden spoon, maybe. <laughs> because all our needs, when it was time to shop, then my, my dad would travel. Just travel out and buy our things. Nobody got to a time, you know, when it's time to shop, he will take us out, then we will bend down. <laughs> Say, do you like this one? Yeah. And then he knew all those places. You will, not, you will never know. We'll iron it well. <laughs> but we saw efforts. I saw him have discussions with my principal then to tell him 
the challenges he's having, the contracts he has done, he's expecting money, we will pay you. How, how can we spread it? You know, and stuff like that. We saw real efforts. I remember as a child, one day I saw his singlet. I think he had only one. Wash it, dried before the next morning. I felt bad. But his children, none of my friends knew my father was going through stuff. Because somehow, we didn't change our school, our fees, they were paid. He said, no matter what, even if it's the only thing I can do, my children must attend the best schools. I, I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. And he did things. He went out of his way. He started, this is someone who had three companies, you know. He started supplying. Oh, my God. What didn't he supply? Blackboard, magnets, you know. You see different samples in the house. Praise the Lord. And so in that period, he even earned our respect more. Of course, there were a lot of things that my mom was doing. We knew. My mom would pay our fees and say, go and thank your daddy. You know, you know those things. Huh? But we know. Hallelujah. But he earned our respect more. You have to show effort. Because when you, you have your duty out of place, Can I tell you something? Relationships that are poor in their romantic responses but strong in their duty will still last. Look at our parents. How many times did you see your parents, you know, you came to the house, you saw roses on the floor. <laughs> Mr. Itukiren, <laughs> buy rose, I will faint. I'm not joking. The first time my dad told me he loves me, I was shocked. <laughs> I, I almost disgraced myself. I love you too. <laughs> like, <laughs> and when I was out, I was like, oh, that was weird. So I was now trying to analyze why did I react like that? I said, oh, it's the first time. African parents don't tell you they love you, you just know. You, you know now. <laughs> you will know. <laughs> You just, you just do like this. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But the relationships today, that you just started dating a lot. You young people, I'm, I'm still young, but I have two kids. Amen. <laughs> it's not easy. Amen. <laughs> so where was that? You young people. <laughs> A lot of young people need to be careful. You started dating last week. You are wear, already wearing a shoebi. You are wearing the same clothes. What rubbish is that? I use, I use, I use the You are wearing too much. What do you know? <laughs> Relationships today are so all over the place. No depth. No depth. So you have bought a thousand roses, you have, you know, all over the place. Why is it that marriages are not as strong as they used to be just 50 years ago? Those ones were not going to the cinemas together. They were not doing all those things. They were not playing around the garden. 
Do you understand? Did you ever see <laughs> the day my mother kissed my dad in our presence? She forced him. <laughs> he says our anniversary come. He was he was Moreni came. <laughs> it's come. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we just know. In fact, how many of you were already adults before you knew your your parents were having sex? How many? I'm sorry I'm talking like this. But you know what I'm saying? That, uh, you will never... At, you don't know how they do it. You just think that you were born by them being prayerful. You're praying, Lord. Children, I want just drop in the front. Bam! Because you never... It's hard to picture it. That daddy will hold my hands. You know? <laughs> Hallelujah. But duty ah when my daddy is wrong and the whole world including the children know my mom will still honor him. Respect. And when <laughs> when my dad wants to take a decision we all know it's a terrible decision. Everybody knows that. Ah, daddy. For that respect as the leader of the home, can I tell you something? Anybody whose decision you cannot trust, ladies, don't marry him. If you're going to marry that man, know that there will be times he wants to do something and you don't agree that it should be done. But it will have to be done because he's the leader. A lot of ladies can't understand that. It doesn't mean that as a guy you cannot take advice, and you should. Can I tell you something? Ladies, ha. Huh, if you don't listen to your wife, you'll be in trouble many times. They, they just have the gift of intuition. When a woman tells you, this is your friend, I don't like him. <laughs> you better listen. Are you hearing me? <laughs> he would say, ah, very good man. He did this for me. He did this for me. She said, I don't know why. There's something off about him. She might not make sense, but just listen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I wish I could give you examples for my parents, but I have not asked for their permission, so I will leave it. But... Many times, if you don't listen to your wife, you will see something. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But women, you don't wait for I told you so moments. If the man, if the man disagrees, as the, as the head of the house, I think it should be done this way. Oh, well, I want to do it this way. You let him have his way. Praise the Lord. That's, that's the Bible standard. You let him have his way. And if you, so, before you start dating him, you check all the other decisions in his life. You don't marry a person who doesn't know how to be committed to anything long term. He started this business. 
After two weeks, I'm not doing it again. Started another one. Five days. Then you want him to stay married to you for 50 years. Praise the Lord. Can I tell you something? A lot of people have not seen the need to be intentional in their romantic choices. In fact, all these things may be sounding too mechanical for some people. This thing is meant to be natural now. You will just, you know, the, 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 the picture that movies have portrayed. You're walking, you hit each other, her books fall, you just pick it. As you're about to pick it, your hand touches her hand and everything becomes slow. And then the camera begins to move around you people. Very fast. You think that's how love should be? A lot of brilliant people in every aspect of their life, the one thing they don't know how to do right is choose the right spouse. You see them, very, have you seen very intelligent people? (laughs) Who have poor sense of choice. You just see Good guys with some ladies or good girls, especially the ladies. Praise the Lord. Because the things I told you about a guy being assertive, proactive, bad guys know it. If I've been wondering why good ladies end up with bad guys, I just told you. So you, you might be nice. They know you will never cheat on them and all of that. But you cannot lead. Praise the Lord. But a lot of people make poor choices. It's a paradox that the man, that the man popularly called the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon, popularly called, he had poor marital choices. He made poor marital choices. And that's just an example. People just prefer to be swept off their feet. And our culture has not helped. The movies we watch, the cartoons we watch, you know, I've said it a a couple of times. (laughs) A lot of us don't realize how stupid the cartoons we grew up watching are. And that's why, that's the power of love and romance. You know, once you are in the mood, you're gumption. Sometimes, if you're not careful, you don't function. Ah, I didn't even know. Yes. Oh, and they preach. I'm t- invite your friends. Just play. No, I'm not. So, <coughs> look, let me give you examples. Look at Snow White. Very touching cartoon, Abby. So, this lady gets into trouble with someone in the village, a woman in the village. She gives her food, she eats, she dies. She's in a coffin in the forest. And so a prince finds himself in the forest, sees a dead lady in the coffin and kisses her. And that's a love story. That's the love story we grew up, you know. (laughs) 
So touch him. And then you kiss a stranger. She rises from the dead. And then you carry her to the palace. Oh, my princess. Hey. <laughs> Do you know what it means to kiss a dead person? There's a name for it. It's called necrophilia. It's actually very demonic. And call it conspiracy theory. I believe that these people made those cartoons intentionally just to put all those satanic ideas. What about Beauty and the Beast? There's a name for that to bestiality. Like a woman, fine girl, falls in love with a beast and like an animal. Forget the twist of the story that he changed back. She fell in love with him before he changed. Yes or yes? And actually kissed him. She kissed the beast. And we're like, oh! Some of you cried as you were watching it. Oh, it's so wonderful. Don't even get me started on Frog Prince. Can you just see that one after the other, all of them are stupid? And that's what informed your perspective of romantic relationships. And it's a problem. But you have to be intelligent and understand roles in relationship. Be dutiful. Can I tell you this? No matter how strained your marriage gets, never fail in your duty. Your, your romance can be affected, your romance can be under attack, but if you don't fail in your duty, the marriage stands a chance. That no matter what, it will never get this far that, I mean, I will not stay in the house again. What, what do you mean? My children are there. You are there. I might be angry with you, but it's my job to look out for you. Come on, are you listening to me? So, I'm going to stay. We will fight this fight. But I'm not going. And then this one is hard. Guys, no matter the anger you face in marriage, let the woman cook. You eat. Don't stop eating. Go on. It's difficult. But if you just understand duty, all right, this is the role that I've accepted. Of course, I'm not against guys cooking. Praise the Lord. If I cook, if I cook for you, you will never test again. <laughs> you will not be capable of eating any other thing in your life. Well, of course, there are some things I have talent for, you know. Anyway, don't let me. You don't have to be like that. <laughs> I have a defense for it. Don't worry. Not a defense, but an explanation. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you never get to a point where you don't pay the fees, you don't pay the house rent, you don't look out for the lady, you'll be fine. Because the, all those butterflies will fly away sometimes. But if there is duty, there is structure. And there is a place for the butterflies to come back. Praise the Lord. So very quickly, I will just... 
I will just touch on the last one and then we move on. I said there are three cardinal points or cardinal factors in every successful relationship. The first I said is what? Romance. And then the second is what? Duty. Duty. And then the third is what? And by purpose, I have Ephesians chapter 5 verse 31 and 32 in mind. And I'm just going to read it to you because of time. The Bible says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It says, This is a great mystery. What did he call a great mystery? Marriage. He says, Marriage is a great mystery. What's a mystery? A mystery is something that is concealed or hidden. And so, the Bible is letting you know that the original purpose of marriage is beyond what people think. There is more to marriage than meets, meets the eye. Just anybody can marry. Any unbeliever can marry. But the person who originated and instituted marriage had something deeper in mind. There's a deeper message concealed. And he tells us what it is. This is a great mystery. And I speak concerning Christ and the church. There is something in Bible theology called typology. Can you say typology? And typology is simply this. Using natural, ordinary things to signify something deeper and spiritual. For instance, when God tells the Jews to carry lambs to the temple and to slaughter, it was a type. It was typology. He was just telling them in a figure what the real lamb of God, namely Jesus Christ, was going to come and do. Are you getting what I'm saying? When he told them, these animals are clean and these animals are unclean, you can eat these ones and you may not eat these ones. A lot of people thought it was just by divine order. But in Acts chapter 10, Peter falls into a trance. And he sees animals and, that are unclean under the law. And God says, take, kill and eat. And he says, I can't take what is unclean. And God said, don't call what I've called clean unclean. And then the point of the whole story was God was asking Peter to go to Cornelius' house. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? So, people who were non-Jews, like Cornelius, were called unclean. And God, in that chapter, told us the symbolism behind clean animals and unclean animals. It was just a symbol of believers and non-believers. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? It was never about eating. Never. And marriage is typology too. We can be effective in this earthly marriage, but it is meant to signify, point to something more purposeful and something deeper, which is the union between Christ and his church. Listen, you may decide not to even be married on earth, but there is a marriage that you must not miss. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? 
The union between Christ and his church. You have to be in that body. So, when you understand the real purpose of marriage, you discover something bigger than marriage. Namely, faith in Christ. And faith in Christ now becomes the yardstick for your relationship in such a way, come on here, that the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church because he's your standard. So I don't love my wife because she deserves it. I don't love my wife because she's lovable. I love my wife. Why? So if I have received the love of Christ, you know, we talk, you know, we talk about the free grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, days back, I was just thinking about myself and the fact that God called me, put his hand upon me, put me in the ministry. And I was just crying because on many levels, I'm not good enough. I think about my relationship with the Lord and the fact that if he was not steadfast in his love, it would have ended. So I celebrate the unmerited favor I have in my relationship with the Lord. But what I need to realize is that he now puts on me the responsibility to reciprocate the love that he shows me to others. The grace of God comes with responsibilities. It comes with responsibilities. So if I received the free grace of God in the real marriage, I must reciprocate that grace in the earthly marriage. And you, you might have read Ephesians 5 too many times that you no longer get the point. But do you know what the Bible means when it says, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church? First of all, think about it. So, I am not going to treat my wife based on how she treats me, but how Christ treated me. Do you know what that means? That no matter what, what will inform how I treat my wife is how Christ treated me and how Christ treats me. Naturally speaking, that's difficult. Because we like to love lovable people. We love love. And you know, we say, ah, she's lovable. But that's not the love of Christ. To love people. Oh my God. Jesus said, how then will you differ from the heathen? They also love people that love them. And so you have to understand it. If earthly marriage is going to be a mirror to the world to demonstrate the love that Christ had for the church, ah, that's heavy. So if God is asking me to love my wife as Christ loved the church, it means he's telling me implicitly that there is nothing that she will ever do that will make me change my mind. Think about it. That's, that's, do you realize? Legally, 
by law there are things that can that you can do you know and then the marriage will end namely adultery you have every right but if i'm meant to love as christ loved when that adulterous woman was brought to christ what did he say go and sin no more that's my standard and listen this doesn't mean you go on with a careless man all right and that's why you have to marry in christ someone in christ who also understands his responsibility so the woman will submit to you as unto the lord hey eh eh as unto the lord The sense of responsibility that that will bestow on you alone. To have a woman like that. Men are fighting for submission. They've not done their part well. And that's that part of carnality. When you are seeing what the other person should be doing, instead of what you should be doing. Well, maybe if you love as Christ loved the church, she will submit easily. Do you understand what I'm saying? As unto the Lord, that's heavy. For a woman to say, I will go where you go. I will serve where you serve. <laughs> Absolute loyalty. Praise the name of Jesus. That God said, Emmanuel, go to Abuja. And I told my wife, it took her a few minutes to accept it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Few minutes. And then she began to encourage me. In fact, it's it's, it's like this. Anything the Lord tells me to do, if I tell my wife, she will make sure I do it. Do you understand what that means? So sometimes, if I'm not ready, I don't tell her. <laughs> I give it time. Praise the Lord. When God said, go to Abuja, and I won't lie to you, I was not a superhero behind the whole thing. I stood at the office there, and I was crying. <laughs> one of you bumped into the office and told me crying. Was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. And I called my wife. She heard from my voice. She knew what was happening. So you know what she did? She called Edema. And she, said, she sent a voice note. Said, Edema said, Daddy, Daddy, the city of Abuja is taking. The city of Abuja is taking. It's taking for the gospel. So they were encouraging me. They sent a voice note. And so I heard that. Heard my daughter's voice. Heard my wife's voice. Let's go. Listen, we're not perfect. I can't even lie to you. We're totally flawed. But you need to get that one thing right. You don't enter into marriage to see if it will work, to try. Eh? You enter with the love of Christ, the undying. The, the same way you celebrate the love that Christ has for you, the overwhelming, never-ending 
Reckless love. You to be reckless in your love. Praise the Lord. When people tell you about your wife's weaknesses, you know, you know, you know. But at least before them, you will defend her. Benefit of doubts. You might correct her when you get home, but you defend her. Praise the Lord. As a man, every member of your family is mandated to respect your woman. African men, are you listening to me? Thank God for your love for your parents. Praise the Lord. For nobody will come to your house and treat your wife anyhow. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you stand. Make sure they know. That before, before you even come and tell me about my wife, you have to think about it well. You have to craft the words well. Or you come and tell me about my husband. I'm, I'm talking as a lady. <laughs> no, we have to be careful these days. You know, you craft it well. Praise the name of Jesus. And just make it, may God give you the kind of marriage that unbelievers will see and understand the love that Christ had for the church. Say loud, amen. amen. Because that's the destiny of your marriage, to point to Christ and his love for the church. This is the last thing I will say. I want to ask you a question. Why did Adam eat the fruits? Why? Because the Bible clearly tells us in 1 Timothy 2 that the man was not deceived, but the woman. Paul also tells the church at Corinth that he's worried for them lest as Satan beguiled Eve, he will beguile them too. So the Bible emphasized repeatedly that it was the woman that was deceived, not the man. The serpent deceived the woman. The woman did not deceive man. No. So what happened? Why did he eat the fruit? I and a few theologians that I know have a perspective to this. And if you don't receive it, that's okay. But I have strong reason to believe. Look at Romans chapter 5. Are you tired? Look at verse 14. Everybody read together, one, two, go. Now, what is the last statement you see there? That Adam is the figure of him that is to come. Let me tell you this. The blessing was actually on Adam. 
Adam represented mankind. The woman was made from him. If the woman sinned, she could have been taken out of the picture, another woman would have been formed. But when she fell, Adam, to protect her, ate the fruit too. And Paul believes implicitly that by doing that, he became the figure of the real, the second and the true and the last Adam, namely Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ could take the fall for us. And we see that picture even in the first. Now, so this is the first picture of marriage that we see. The first picture. Praise the Lord. Mind you, as I'm preaching, you'll be feeling it. It's going to be sweet. You will, you will go through tough times. <laughs> you, you remember this sermon. If you're not careful, you say, I beg, I beg, I beg. <laughs> But that's your destiny. And you don't have a choice. If you are enjoying the reckless, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, it shouldn't be so much of a trouble to share it with others. Hallelujah. So it has become your greatest duty in marriage to demonstrate the love of the Father in Christ Jesus. And that's why it says, as Christ loved the church, as Christ as unto, unto the Lord. That's, that's your role in marriage. That's your purpose in marriage. That no matter what, no matter how you treat me, I will respond to you based on my revelation of the love of Christ. What I'm telling you is the most, you can only do it by the grace of God. Hallelujah. That I will every single day of this marriage I will treat you based on what Christ has done. Now that's heavy. Glory be to God. Listen, God is going to give us strong homes in this church. Homes that will mirror the union between Christ and his church. Homes that will be an example for the whole world. Come on, say louder, amen. It's possible. And it will be done. A lot of people have given up on the idea of a good home. But when they see your own, they will change their mind. In the name of Jesus. So before you enter, be very intelligent. (laughs) Check very well. Don't only follow butterflies. Follow gray matter. Are you you hearing me? Are you listening to me? All right. And then the moment you enter, as Christ, glory be to God. Were you blessed today? Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.